Welcome to this edition of Fixed Interest, where we will be discussing the outlook for U.S. public finances and debt and the U.S. sovereign ratings. My name is Shali Shetty, and I'm a managing director and head of America's and Asia's sovereign ratings at Fitch. Now, as you know, on August 1st, Fitch downgraded the U.S. sovereign rating by one notch from AAA to AA plus with stable outlook. More recently, the U.S. government was on a brink of a shutdown, and only in the last minute, Congress was able to pass a temporary continuing resolution to extend government funding until mid-November. Now, this episode again highlights the high level of political brinkmanship in the U.S., which was also one of the reasons for Fitch's downgrade of the U.S. rating. With that background, let me introduce you to Richard Francis, who is Fitch's co-head of the America's Sovereign Ratings and also the primary analyst for the U.S. So Richard, while the government shutdown was averted this time, what are the risks ahead and would a potential government shutdown have an impact on our rating assessment of the U.S.? Hi, Shelley. The U.S. government nearly averted a shutdown with the passage of a continuing resolution on September 30th, the very last minute. Uh, which will keep the, the government operating until mid-November. However, given the fact that the House Speaker was ousted right after the continuing resolution was agreed, we expect political brinkmanship around government funding negotiations will remain tense, and a shutdown later this year can't be ruled out. So far, the Congress has failed to pass any of its 12 appropriations bills, and there have been stark disagreements over appropriations both within the House of Representatives as well as between the House and the Senate. Um, no matter, we don't believe that a government shutdown would affect the U.S.'s AA-plus stable sovereign rating as the deterioration in governance we have witnessed over the last 20 years or so uh, was a key factor be- behind the downgrade of the U.S. from AAA on August 1st. I think it's important to note um, that no mandatory payments, including debt obligations or social security checks, would be impacted by the shutdown because they're not part of the annual appropriations process. Now, as a follow-up, Richard, could you remind listeners about the broader rationale of our August U.S. downgrade? Uh, Yeah, there are three key factors behind the U.S. downgrade. One was the expected fiscal deterioration that we're going to see over the next three years and probably beyond that, uh, with general government deficits above 6% and growing. Um, Second is the high and growing debt and interest burden. You know, higher interest rates and the higher debt level are leading to increased interest payments. And as we said, the, the debt is, is, is growing. We're expecting it to reach 118% by 2025. And I think third and importantly was just the erosion of governance and the increased political partisanship that we've witnessed over the last two decades. You see this with the repeated uh, debt limit political standoffs and last minute resolutions, the threat of the government shutdown, and more generally, I think uh, the U.S. government lacks a medium-term fiscal framework, unlike most other highly rated sovereigns, and as we're witnessing, uh, a very complex budgeting process. So those are the key factors. Now, just to follow up on the fiscal side, uh, what are Fitch's assumptions on the fiscal and debt trajectory for the U.S. government? And what do you see as the main downside risks? Yeah, um, we're expecting the general government deficit, which includes the federal government as well as uh, state and local governments, um, to rise to above 6% of GDP this year. This is up significantly from 3.7% in 2022. There are a few reasons for this. Uh, Weaker tax receipts after a robust performance in 2022, new spending measures under the Biden administration over the last two years, a higher interest cost due to the hikes in interest rates. And additionally, the local governments that actually did exceptionally well during the pandemic 
We're expecting them to see a modest deterioration going forward. We're expecting the deficits to actually grow incrementally next year and in 2025. And this partly reflects the fact that we now forecast a recession next year with overall growth of just 0.3%. Also, as you know, we, we are expecting the interest burden to continue to rise over the coming years as well, with the interest rates you know, significantly higher than they were pre-pandemic. And as a result, we see debt to GDP approaching 120% by 2025. This is uh, 20 percentage points higher than before the pandemic in 2019. And if there are no policy changes, we're expecting to see the debt continue to rise over the next decade. And just a quick note on the Fiscal Responsibility Act, which was passed in June to suspend the the debt ceiling. Again, uh, this was done at the very last minute. Uh, it only includes non-defense discretionary spending, and this represents only you know, 15% of, of total federal spending. Um, the CBO is projecting cumulative savings of uh, $1.5 trillion over the next decade. Um, this is just 3.9 percentage uh, points of, of, of GDP. And as you know, there are already disagreements on the act. Some in Congress want deeper cuts, um, while others are calling for increased spending on natural disasters and aid to Ukraine. Now, Richard, given the medium and long-term fiscal issues that you've just highlighted, how do you see prospects for reforms to control the growth in mandatory spending or raise revenues? Yeah, um, as I said, if, if there are no policy reforms over the next decade, the fiscal situation will get worse. We have higher interest rates and uh, rising debt stock, and this will lead to higher costs on, on interest payments. Um, and we also have an aging population, which will lead to rising Social Security and health care costs. The CBO projects that interest costs will double by 2033, and it also projects a significant increase in in mandatory spending on Medicare and Social Security that will grow um, over the same period. So basically, deficits that are already high will only continue to get larger. The CBO projects that the Social Security Fund will be depleted by 2033, and the Hospital Insurance Trust Fund, which is used to pay for benefits under Medicare Part A, uh, will be depleted by 2035. So I think this highlights the significant challenges the U.S. faces over the next 10 years. An additional concern uh, to the fiscal picture is the fact that the 2017 tax cuts are set to expire in 2025. But of course, there will be political pressure to make these tax cuts permanent, as has been the case in the past. To date, there's only been limited progress in tackling medium-term challenges uh, related to rising Social Security and, and Medicare costs. Um, and we see a limited uh, appetite to tackle these challenges, especially ahead of the 2024 elections. However, you know, there is a bright spot, possibly. Uh, recently, a bipartisan fiscal forum co-chaired by a Republican and a Democrat in the House have proposed legislation to uh, establish a fiscal commission. And prior commissions have had some success in the past, such as the Greenspan Commission on Social Security in the 1980s, which actually helped extend its life for 50 years. At the very least, a commission could elevate the national debate on possible policy changes that could help stabilize the national debt and tackle the increasing challenges emanating from rising entitlement programs. Finally, what are the key factors that could lead to an improvement in the U.S. rating or lead to further downward pressures? On the negative side, um, a market increase in general government debt uh, could lead to downward pressure on on the rating. And this could be due to uh, either a failure to address the medium term public spending and revenue challenges that we just discussed, or it could just be a uh, significant economic shock that leads to another significant 
uh, step up in, in the government debt level. I think secondly, um, if we saw a decline in the coherence and credibility of policymaking that undermined the reserve currency status of the dollar and diminished the government's financing flexibility, this could be negative as well. And you could see such a scenario, for example, if, if the uh, a future debt ceiling debate isn't resolved before the government exhausts extraordinary measures and its cash position, and therefore it fails to make all of its obligations on time. This could be quite negative, obviously, for the, for the credibility. I think on the positive side, if we saw a significant fiscal adjustment, um, for example, you know, the government uh, addresses these medium-term challenges on, on mandatory spending for Social Security and Medicare, um, or um, they increase uh, revenues through, through tax increases, um, leading to a fiscal adjustment and, and a medium-term decline in, in the government debt ratio. Um, this could be positive. And um, I, I think secondly, you know, if we saw a improvement in governance in general, that would be positive as well. And I think the two probably related um, because if you saw, you know, the government tackling these medium term spending challenges um, and, you know, looking at increasing revenues, it would actually signify that there's been an improvement in governments. So uh, I think those are kind of the, the areas that we'd be looking at for a change in the rating going forward. I think that wraps it up for us. Thanks a lot, Richard, for your insights. Uh, thank you for listening. And for more on the U.S., you can access our research on our website, FitchRatings.com. Hope you will join us in the next Fixed Interest podcast. Thank you.